This is Iron Mike Stedman, and as always, I want to thank you for tuning into my show, Dog Whistle Brandon. Today on DWB, I'm joined by fellow Naval Academy graduate and veteran entrepreneur, Mr. Chase Hobby, co-founder of Verb Labs, an Austin, Texas-based performance brand delivering effective natural solutions for stress, sleep, and pain, allowing its customers to optimize their pursuits from sunrise to sunset. I first came across the company last year through my boy Brendan Aronson from Paint True and had a chance to host Chase's co-founder, Evan Seal, on the Transition Podcast for Bunker Labs. Chase and Evan launched the brand while attending graduate school at the Warren School of Business and went all in upon graduation. I wanted to get Chase on DWB to talk specifically about Verb's go-to-market strategy, their perfect customer, and some more of the -the behind-the-scenes growth tactics they're implementing to scale the brand. At times, CPG can feel like the Wild West, but Verb Labs has a kick-ass brand, and I'm excited to talk through it with Chase on today's show. All right, Gunny, I've been talking too long. Fire him up. Yo! Saddle up! Lock and load! You're listening to Dog Whistle Branding, brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media and the Lion's Pride where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy and business coaching for veteran owned businesses to keep you in the fight and not face down in a rice paddy. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, the godfather of dog whistle branding, founder of Ironbound Media and business coach at the Lions Pride. Before we jump into the show, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the show notes or visit our website, dogwhistlebranding.com to stay up to date on all things DWB. All right, get out your pen and paper and get ready to build a dog whistle brand. Hello, Chase. Welcome to Dog Whistle Brandon. What's going on? Man, I'm happy to be here, man. I appreciate you having me. This is our first time getting to actually interact with each other, y'all. We've been texting back and forth. We've been on some uh, text threads. And I was like, man, I have got to get you on the show because I had your partner on uh, the Transition Podcast, uh, I think almost like a year ago. But, you know, once I launched Dog Whistle Brandon, really trying to own this niche around brand strategy for veteran-owned businesses, been really highlighting a lot of CPG brands lately. And you were on my list from the very beginning. You know, I think I hit you up, what, like five, six months ago when I was first oh, man, so, Something like that. I, uh, that's high praise coming from you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, we have so many shared uh, shared buddies and essentially, you know, a handful of buddies who I really uh, trust and respect. Like, man, you got to get up with Mike. Got to get up with Mike. And then when I started listening to podcasts, I'm like, man, I definitely got to get up with Mike. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm fired up to be here. So tell our listeners about who you are, talk a little bit about Verb Labs, and then let's do a, a deep dive on uh, y'all's marketing and branding. Yeah, 100%, man. I, um, so I'm Chase, originally from Clearwater Beach, Florida. I uh, went to the Naval Academy. Uh, so, so four years there, played, uh, played rugby, um, punched out into flight school, became a Naval flight officer and, and did that for about 10 years. Um, I was a prowler guy and then transitioned to the growler, so the new uh, G variant of the, the F-18. So did that, like I said, for about 10 years. Um, and, uh, you know, tail end of my time in service, I was just kind of just interested in doing other things. I have a, you know, we can dig into that if you'd like, but the bottom line is like, I love the Navy. I love my time serving, but I was also just fired up to kind of do different things. And so, um, my, my path out was, um, through business school. So I went to, uh, to business school up in Philadelphia with a, some mutual friends of ours. 
and uh, which was amazing. And so um, in my first, no kidding, you know, I had sort of entrepreneurship kind of in mind when, um, when I started up at Wharton, um, but no kidding, in my first week at school, I ended up meeting Evan Seal, who ended up being my, my co-founder, and we just bonded over the shared, uh, shared background in service, shared sort of issues coming out of the military and, you know, being, you know, washed up athletes and all that. We, uh, we were just banged up and we were banged up with issues of stress, issues of sleeping, pain, inflammation, focus during the day, et cetera. And, um, you know, honestly, we, we kind of just got started trying to solve our own problem. Uh, looking for clean, effective, natural solutions to, to solve for those issues. And, um, and when we couldn't find them on the market, we sort of uh, took it upon ourselves to see if we could figure it out on our own. Um, and, you know, caught six, seven months later of, of R&D and um, sort of getting, like, you know, building products that, that we thought answered the mail. We just got those products into as many hands as we could. Um, for ourselves, for our buddies at business school, other veterans, uh, former athletes, uh, as many folks as we could. And the feedback that we got was just incredible. And so at some point, you know, halfway through business school, Evan and I looked at each other and we're like, man, this is, this is great. This is like a, a business that we're, we can get behind and we get fired up about. This is like scratching our own itch and something we're very passionate about. And so that's sort of the, you know, the, the 30,000 foot view of kind of how we got started and, and you know, verb, what, what verb sort of is today is a, a natural supplement brand. We build um, CBD based solutions of CBD, adaptogens, nootropics, um, other botanicals to again, create kind of clean, targeted and effective solutions for stress, sleep and pain. I see the whiteboard behind you, got your targeted accounts, got your strategy uh, written down. And I'll tell y'all, man, for me, when I left the military, right, I didn't think I was smart enough to get into business school. But since I've launched Dog Whistle Branding, man, this is really my, like, MBA in, like, product marketing, you know, brand strategy. Because I, you know, deep down, sometimes you're like, oh, man, I wish I would go to business school. But I'm at this point now in my life where I'm really trying to create my own IP and really kind of share my thoughts and perspectives. But, man, kudos to you for going to such a phenomenal school. My man went to Warden. He's like, oh, I went to business school up in Philadelphia. He went to business school at a... University of Pennsylvania, but they say, no, it's Warden Business School. But what's curious for me, right, when you think about all the ventures that you could launch, okay, when I think about launching a CPG product, right, that's like one of the harder things to launch because like for me, I get decent margin, you know, just from providing services to uh, clients. But for CPG products, man, you got to sell a lot of products to justify a salary, right? You've got to uh, spend money on overhead, you know, obviously have an inventory and things like that. And then you got a co-founder. So what was it about that kind of market opportunity where you were like, hey, this is the route we want to go? Man, you know, you, you, you make a good point. It's, uh, it, it's tough sledding out here for sure. There's, there's a hell of a lot of other ways to, to, to make money and to, to make a living. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, man, it really comes down to passion. This is just something that I am passionate about, that I'm fired up about, that um, no kidding, uh, scratches an itch that I had, uh, I continue to have. And this is something that I, I feel, uh, I feel very fortunate to, to sort of have, have had the opportunity to run this down. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's hard. And the, the, you know, CPG is, is everything you said, but at the end of the day, it's, um, 
it's a product and sort of a, a problem that I'm fired up to be solving. And so, you know, with all that in mind, you know, sometimes the fight chooses you and, and that's the fight I'm in. So it's, uh, uh, we're, we're fighting that fight the best we can. So you already kind of gave us some background when y'all launched. You did it the right way, right? You're going to get in the hand of classmates. You're hitting up all your old buddies and stuff, get initial traction. But as you start to make this kind of real, what I'm saying is like y'all come out of business school and you guys are like, we're going to go Verb Labs full throttle, right? How has your marketing changed from like that initial, okay, we're going to go, you know, direct reach out, but now we need to scale up and we need to get, you know, we really need to like drive revenue, right? Talk to us about that transition from like scrappiness, do things that don't scale, to trying to get more like high level of like, okay, we need to bring in real numbers now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's exactly the way to think about it. And that's sort of the way we've, we've certainly thought about it is really start with really knowing your customer, knowing what their problem is, knowing, no kidding, where you kind of fit, at least for our, our type of product, where you fit in their routine, um, if you fit in their routine at all. And uh, I think fundamentally, that is a really tough sort of thing to scale. You kind of have to just get in there and, and be scrappy, like you kind of mentioned, and really know who you're talking to and, and um, where they are, how they, they prefer to be spoken to, et cetera, what messages resonate. Um, and so that's like digging in and, um, and having a lot of phone calls, setting up a lot of uh, meetings, cold outreach to, to customers to, to kind of ask pointed questions to learn as much as you possibly can. Um, and, you know, we're at the point now where we are really starting that scale process and, and really trying to figure out a way to, to do precisely that. So we're really kind of taking our learnings thus far that were, were hard earned, um, hard won, and trying to now uh, leverage those against a, a, a large consult, uh, sorry, customer cohort. So bottom line for us is Initially, things don't scale, man. You just got to do, you have to just put the work in and, and kind of get after it. And for, depending on what kind of business you're in, um, that's going to mean a different thing to you. Uh, for us now, we're sort of looking at, um, you know, I can get into the tactically how we're doing it, but at the end of the day, what we need to do is sort of convince, or I shouldn't say convince, but what we really need to do is tell the story of, hey, we understand that this is a, a low trust category a low trust market you know i was in the same boat when i was getting out of uh of the military i was like you know I, yeah i heard cbd is pretty good for sleep i heard it was good for pain but like feels like snake oil to me so you know who's going to convince me that this is a, a product i can take um so essentially that's that's the problem set we need to solve at this point is like really show folks like hey this is a product that that is not only safe but it's also very effective and clean um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about sort of like getting that message out and showing folks like, Hey, people like us do things like this. So this isn't just for, for, uh, you know, guys with dreadlocks and wearing, you know, tie dye shirts. This is like a product for type a doer kind of folks who, um, are looking for clean solutions to, to the problems that we all face. So, um, there's a heap of, of tactical sort of problems or like levers to pull there, but at the end of the day, that's sort of the, the, that's the objective. One of the things I'm curious to have a discussion with you on is, and I was, I, my girlfriend has a CBD company, right? Uh, Sincerely by day. And she sends topical pain relief 
And one of the things I've been talking to her about, and I just did a workshop on this today, is I think one of the challenges founders make when we start taking products to market is we emphasize features, even in the CBG space, and not enough like, what is the problem that we're solving? You know, so like a lot of times, right, people see a market opportunity like uh, CBD and be like, oh, man, you know, let's throw a brand on it. We'll CBD it up and stuff like that. But to me, I'm like, that's still a feature. Fundamentally, it's like, where are people spending money now? What problem are you solving? And how are you creating your own marketing category, carving out your own niche? You know, really thinking through that, because I just think some so much of like, and we don't know any better, right? A lot of times, right, we just kind of mimic what other people are doing. They talk about the ingredients and talk about all this stuff. Features, man. Fundamentally, in the early days, I think it's about like, what is that functional benefit that your product solves? Yeah, 100%. And that's, I think, like the natural, um, the natural inclination is to be like, hey, man, like take our, our, uh, our rest blend, our, our, uh, our sleep product, for example. The natural inclination is to say, hey, let me tell you about these ingredients and what they do. Let me tell you why you're going to want lavender and valerian root and chamomile and this specific type of, uh, of CBD, et cetera. That's just, I think, a natural thing to do. But when you really take a step back from that, really, yes, we're selling this physical product. But what I'm trying to provide is waking up in the morning feeling incredible. I'm, I'm trying to get sort of my customer to you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, feeling great, thinking uh, sharply. I'm trying to get that person into the gym and feeling, no kidding, great. And the way you do that is you get a stellar night's sleep uh, over and over and over again. You string those together. That is how you sort of live a uh, an excellent and productive life. And that's what we're we're selling. Yes, it's a product. I could tell you what's what's in the product. I could show you. Um, certificates of analysis and the science behind it and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to get you to live at your best. So how you sort of tactically message that, I think is sort of where the, uh, you know, where, where the science becomes a bit of an art, but that, you know, to the point you made earlier, like that messaging is sort of step zero of like when you're starting in a, a business like ours, you really got to get to know that customer. And, you know, initially I was in that same boat, man. I'm like, hey, let me tell you about Valerian. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. And once you dig into these questions and really dig into what the customer wants, they're like, man, I just, by the time noon comes around, I'm not thinking clearly. I don't want to be writing emails to, to clients because I'm just not thinking that clearly. I feel like I'm in brain fog. Like, well, how much sleep are you getting? Like, well, six and a half hours, but it's not that great. And, da, da, da. and then you, you, you hear the customer over and over and over again. Um, tell you what their pain point is, and then eventually, you know, it clicks. And you're like, "Hey, man, I'm yes, I'm selling a physical product, but really, what I'm selling is uh, is sharp thinking and general feel good." Uh, again, for that specific example with that product, has your positioning changed since you guys launched the product? Like, I you thought this was your perfect customer and the target market you're going at, versus you know now we're on the other side of this pandemic. You know, have you changed how you talk and speak about it and who you're going after? Yeah, um, you know, initially we had a very, I think a very sharp understanding of who our customer would be. It was, it was more of a hypothesis than anything else. And what we sort of borne out is, you know, it, it's sort of, it's not like a 90 degree pivot, but if you imagine a, uh, you know, like a dartboard, we're kind of like in the, 
in the upper left quadrant of that dartboard. So we we thought the bull we had, we thought that we had the bullseye, uh, you know, schwacked and it was we were good to go. Uh, but again, learning over and over and over again, and uh, and hearing from the customer, we actually determined that like you know it was something sort of tangential uh, or immediately next to kind of what we thought, which is great, and so it allows us to to get tighter on um, on all the positioning, whether it's email comms, what's on the website, uh, what ends up on our social media, how we speak about the product, etc. Um, again, very very. Uh, it's critical to to know no kidding who that who that person is. Who'd you think your perfect customer was versus now, like you said, tangential? Us. We thought it was us uh, because again, it was like solving my own problem, right. um, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm somewhat representative of of a heap of guys. Um, I'm, you know, I did my early research at least to kind of prove out my my hypothesis, which I think was. Um, it was smart, but I, I probably didn't execute it as well as I probably could. I just went and confirmed my my uh, hypothesis by talking to more guys like me, friends from uh, friends from the academy, friends from uh, the veteran community, et cetera, and determined like, yeah, there's a ton of people that have this problem set, and um, and I'm one of them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give this product to guys like me. What I ultimately determined was that yes, that 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 is true. That is a a cohort in the sort of larger customer segment that we're targeting. What I've sort of found is really the core customer for us are folks that are generally, we call them driven doers. Um, these are folks that are like the kind of person that gets up at, at you know five, six in the morning to like to get their day started on their terms. And you know, they do what it takes to catch that workout. They do what it takes um, both as a you know as a professional in their personal life etc these are folks who are just are are doers um and sort of from a preference perspective these are folks that may not look at guys like you know professional athletes or uh you name it kind of the standard influencers as very influential these are probably a little bit higher education folks. These are folks that really want to see people out in the world like them, but are like maybe two or three steps ahead of them. So for us, um, these are folks that really look to call it, you know, the, the elite military, call it Green Berets, SEALs, fighter pilots, you name it. They're looking at these guys as influential for um, purchasing decisions around performance. So whether that's physical performance, mental performance, longevity, recovery, you name it. Um, essentially, that's what we found. So instead of it being really the, the, the Green Beret, the SEAL, the Ranger as our customer segment, really it's the, it's the group that sort of aspires to be that guy, if that makes sense. Makes complete sense. And I think it's a good teaching moment for our audience, right? So a couple of things. Number one, you mentioned the term hypothesis, right? What I talk about is that position and thesis, right? Your perfect customer thesis. You assume that this is your perfect customer, i.e. high performer, military, Green Beret, stuff, et cetera. Then once you get on the market, you realize like, hey, it's the people that aspire to be like that, right? So, you know, sometimes a lot more civilians, right, that are really kind of look up to, they listen to the Jocko podcast, right? They follow all this stuff. And so now you have a better understanding. But here is the, the teaching moment. You still did it smart, 
because when you're first launching, you've got to get some base hits, right? So you got to go after a category that you know, hook, line, and sinker. But then the other thing you got to think about too is as we start to expand and turn this into a real business, you might have to grow that perfect customer kind of market set, right? And expand that category a little bit. So initially you're targeting a perfect customer and then now you want to scale that perfect customer into a market and say, okay, where does that, that come from? And one of the things I think that is interesting about kind of what you just talked about is that whole idea of like category expansion, you know, and really try to see the breadth and scope because for you all, you know, the reality of it is there ain't that many elite military, you know, that's like a very, very small percentage, right? And don't get me wrong. Some brands have obviously kind of taken advantage of that. They're kind of monetizing it. But again, when you think about CPG, the volume is so high, right? That you really got to go beyond it. No different than Black Rifle Coffee, right? Yeah, Black Rifle Coffee, a lot of elite guys. But then you look across the board, military, first responders, you know, police officers, and it kind of scales up. And that sounds like that's where you guys are going after now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly right. And when you talk about category kind of creation or category expansion, um, you know, we, CBD is just a, a, a kind of a unique industry to be in. And we can dig into that. With, you know, that's a whole other podcast probably. But what we've sort of, the way I've thought about this, uh, from the moment I sort of onboarded as a as a customer in the cbd space was like it just seems weird to me that that cbd is treated as its own uh its own industry there's not like generally speaking there's not a you know a fish oil industry there's not a creatine industry there's not a uh i guess there is a protein industry but that's a sort of an outlier but generally speaking these are tools to solve specific problem sets um and for me, I kind of, I looked at it through that lens. I was like, you know, at the end of the day, CBD is a, a very, very new product category. And so it's sort of in its growth phase, it's still figuring out what it is and, and the market is figuring out where it fits. Um, from my perspective, in terms of category expansion, there's the, the, the CBD industry, there's the supplement industry, generally speaking, which is sort of like, at least in, in my universe, that's like, hey, I'm the the 21 year old kid trying to, you know, max out my bench press and, and have big biceps and all that stuff. Um, there's a, a, a third option, I think, which is sort of almost a, a new style, a new type of, of supplement space, a new type of supplement industry for the, um, call it the, the, the mature guy, if that makes sense, where it's not so much, yeah, it's, it's not so much about like, Hey, let me get that bench press. Let me do all that stuff anymore. It's more about like, yeah, I'm still trying to be strong and, and I still want to get after, of course. But also I'm, I'm thinking about like, hey, how can I address longevity? How can I um, uh, address my recovery? How can I make sure that uh, I show up sharp and ready to go at work and also good to go for my family when I come home? Um, those are the, the types of uh, challenges that I think, you know, folks that are, are probably like us, guys that like, used to be that 22-year-old kid. Um, but now just have a different, we're just in a different space in life. Um, I think there's an opportunity there for a uh, for completely different kind of, um, call it a supplement uh, brand and supplement industry. So, you know, I don't, still remains to be seen. That is a hypothesis again on, on my, uh, on my cup front. But like, I do think that we are sort of marching in that direction, which is again, uncharted territory. It's scary, but that's, that's where the opportunity is. 
You know I'm a category designer, right? My guy, Chris wow. Lockhead, is my guy, right? I text him damn near every day. And I like where your mind is going with this, this idea of like, because I even think about myself. I do CrossFit now. Completely different when I was that 25-year-old lieutenant slinging weight around, whatever. Now I'm just trying to stay healthy. Why do I want to stay healthy? So I could perform better on the job, which for me is being an entrepreneur, being a boxing coach and stuff, et cetera. So it's like an elevated kind of, fitness and health that you're thinking about. You're thinking about like that holistic approach, right? Sharpening our minds and our bodies, not just trying to perform on the bench press beyond it. So I, I like that idea of a category of kind of supplements around that type of persona. Now, one of the things I'm curious to learn from you is you guys launch your product. Basically, I feel like off the social media high of launching products, you know, like if back when like organic reach was just super far, right? You go on Facebook back in 2011, you can launch whatever, you get all this reach. Instagram in like 2015, you still get all this reach, right? But now, not so much, right? So like, I, what does the paid ad spend look like for, you know, CPG brands right now? And like, how are y'all navigating that? Oh man, how much time you got? It's uh, a- <laughs> Our listeners uh, need to know, the people need to know. They need to know, man. And so- you know, one of the things that I learned early on, or I shouldn't say I learned it, I heard it uh, initially was, you know, just because you build it doesn't mean they will come. And, uh, you know, I am an optimist by nature. And I never really articulated this to myself, but I heard folks say that. And I was like, yeah, 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 that makes complete sense. But like, but we're different. People are going to find us and it's going to be fine. We're going to get that reach and, and <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Um that's not how it works. So to your point, um, you know, it's a different day in the game than it was in the, in the early 2010s. Um, so that's just not going to happen. And uh, specifically right now, paid social media, ads on Facebook, ads on Instagram, et cetera, it, it's a bloodbath. Man. It's, it's a tough place to, to operate unless you are, um, you know, a highly, highly capitalized uh, uh, CPG brand. And so really for us, we, we gave it a go. We essentially really tried to, again, walk in with some, some hypotheses. Hey, we think if we really anchor down and get very, very tight on our customer segment, um, we think we can eke out some, um, some brand awareness, some, uh, some revenue, et cetera, on that front. Did not prove out. We really determined that like at this point, again, the, the, uh, the competition is is so high and uh brands like meta facebook have really squeezed those margins so tightly at this point that like you know for us where we are and where we need to be it's just not a uh not a smart strategy so again hypothesis test conclusion not a good place for us to be at the moment um so we've ducked out of uh of paid social spending and we're really you know at this point we're still leaning hard into what i would consider very scrappy um you know, channels for, for building that brand awareness and, um, and, and earning those customers, if that makes sense. Yeah. Have you guys, do you guys got a business flywheel? Have you thought about the flywheel, like the underlying architecture of like how it all works? Yeah. yeah. And we're still thinking about it. I mean, we're, we're still kind of working through that. We've got, um, you know, we've, we've looked into, and we're, we're building actively right now, a, uh, an ambassador program that, uh, that really has some flywheel effects there. Uh, leaning into a community aspect again of the of the brand, 
we're building out teams of folks who are legitimately psyched about our product and, and our message and what we're, what we're doing. Folks that are sort of like the, you know, the initial evangelical hundreds, thousands of people to, to get out there and get out in front of the brand. So from a, a flywheel perspective, that's sort of, um, you know, we're, we're thinking about it through, through those lenses. Uh, and as you know, probably better than I do, that uh, the flywheel is an incredibly uh, efficient sort of framework to think about these things. But getting that uh, flywheel moving is right. a is a arduous and, and relatively slow process, depending on, again, tactically how you choose to do that. I haven't done a solo episode on a flywheel, but I am because I did a whole chapter on it in my book, Black Veteran Entrepreneur. But essentially, the flywheel is like Jim Collins states that starting a venture is like turning a giant heavy flywheel. It's super slow at first. And so what you need to do is you need to map out a sequence of steps that drive growth and innovation. So I'm going to throw out there, like, let's say top of the flywheel. I think in my book, I give example of a, a healthy, organic, like coffee, uh, chocolate bar company. And so the top of their flywheel is to source high ingredient chocolate and cocoa beans from farmers. And then what they do with that is they turn them into premium chocolate bars, right? Sugar-free chocolate bars. And then what they do is they find their distributors, they build brand awareness, right? People love the product and that allows them to kind of keep the flywheel going over and over again. So uh, just snapshot, right? Flywheel, Jim College, you can Google it, but I will do a solo episode on it. Now, here's one thing I'm curious about you all with CBD, right? I had uh, the, the founder, the, the CEO of Battle Bars on here. And one of the things he was talking about was when you're doing a CPG product, you've got to get it in people's hands. So you're giving out samples, you're doing all this other stuff. You guys are dealing with CBD. That's pretty expensive stuff. So it's not as easy to just give out and get in people's hands. How have you thought about that of getting the product, sampling, building, you know, brand awareness? Because I think that's the best brand awareness in general, whether you're a CPG, service-based business or whatever is paying customers people using your products and services. So how have you guys thought about getting it in the hands of people? Honestly, and to your point, um, step zero is creating a product that people love. So <laughs> you got to do that first. Uh, it just so happens that we've done that and, and we're, we're very, very proud of the product. And so the numbers bear that out. You know, once we get product into folks' hands, there's a very, very high likelihood they're going to come back and, and purchase a second time, um, which again, makes us feel you know, from a business perspective, of course, that's what you want. But just from like a, a, a you know, a good person perspective of like putting something out into the world that uh, that you feel is worthwhile is um, is the other kind of piece of that. Um, and so, to your point, we have, you know, we we learned early on that we need to essentially build sample size um, products, price those either. Um, you know, at a very low entry point, such that a, uh, a potential customer can onboard, or uh, you know, one of one of the funnels that we've sort of looked at and and are uh, testing now is how about this? We'll give you free samples. We feel so strongly about the uh, the efficacy of our products that we'll give you the free samples and call it forty five days down the line. Uh, that'll ramp you into a product subscription. And again. That's a hypothesis that we think that this will work. We're at, at the tail end of that test now. And, uh, you know, a, a massive percentage of those customers 
are indeed coming back for not only number well, number one uh, subscription order, but number two and number three, um, which again indicates that that might actually be a pretty damn good um, funnel for us that that is scalable uh, digitally. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything from like doing it digitally to, I mean, no kidding, I'm going to, a, I'll be at a CrossFit competition on Saturday morning, striking out the table and, um, and all that. And I'll be handing out samples. And, uh, again, I'll feel pretty confident that uh, a pretty good percentage of those folks will come back and, uh, and make a full, full scale purchase. And the only, maybe the last thing I'll say about that is, you know, I know you've covered this before in the past, but really understanding what your customer acquisition kind of cost is. And at the very early stage, you know, if you're just giving away a sample, what does it cost to, to create that sample and to give it away and to, you know, to be at that CrossFit competition? What did that cost you to get a, uh, a vendor table? So bake all that in and then look at, you know, what you think the lifetime value of that customer is. If they purchase one time from you based on that, I spent, you know, make the math easy. I spent $10 to give them this sample and then they came back and made a hundred dollar purchase. Uh, you know, well, how does that math work out to like what we're actually making? And do I think what probability do I think they're going to come back for that second purchase? So now all of a sudden your $10 expenditure up front is first a hundred dollars in return. And then they come back a second time. That's $200 in return and so on and so forth. So, you know, I know that's, that's a lot, but just generally understanding theoretically that sort of thinking. I think is enough to at least get you started and point it in the right direction. So I have a theory for early stage CPG brands, right? The majority of revenue is going to come from those in-person events. It's going to come from that direct one-on-one reach out. It's going to come from that scrappiness, right? How is your revenue looking coming through the website, right? People going, converting versus what you're selling, like you said, at these CrossFit comps and stuff. Well, they're directly related insofar as, you know, most of our revenue comes through, uh, through the website, but we find that... Um, you get brownie uh, points. Most, listen, when y'all see people, most of their revenue is not coming through their website. They're trying to get it to the point, right? So that's nice that y'all have gotten to the point to where like the majority of revenue does come through the website. So if nobody gives you your flowers, take your flowers off that alone. Man, I'm taking flowers everywhere I can get them, man. I appreciate that. Um but I, the, the, the events give people, I mean, honestly, it's, it's such an interesting thing to, to go do these events and whether, whether it's an event or however, whatever your industry is, getting in front of people and telling your story and really hearing what they have to say and giving them a chance, uh, giving yourself a chance to see kind of where the light bulb goes off for them. Like, oh man, this is like, this is a product that I can actually use. Or, yeah, actually that's a pain point that I do have. Um, it's, it's an incredible thing, like getting in front of your customers. I know like, Everybody says it, but like, you need to go do that because it's like, there's nothing, um, that gets the OODA loop turning as, as much as that. And so really what I mean there is like for us, uh, our first event was another CrossFit competition, uh, down here in Texas. And, you know, I could see folks like standing off from the table. They were like, you know, they looked over at us, but they, they wanted to keep like a good 15 feet between the table and them. They're like, yeah, I don't really want anybody to talk to me. I don't want anybody to hassle me or whatever. And they're kind of looking, but didn't want to get talked to. And then they'd see, you know, for us, they saw uh, one customer in particular just saw that we had some sort of like military-ish kind of branding. And he, he looked very skeptical, walked over and he said, oh, you guys like, in the service, I'm like yeah, yeah, you know, I was in the army, I was in the navy, yada yada yada. Um, 
And he's like, man, that's, that's really cool. You know, I've, I've thought about CBD, but I, I just really, I, it's not for me, you know, people like us, it's just really, really not what we do. We're not big, you know, weed guys. And we're like, yeah, man, you know, like that was our problem too. And here's how we solved that problem. And here's kind of what we did. Um, and all of a sudden you could see the, the light bulb go off for him, that for him, the, the pain point that he needed to overcome or the hurdle for him was just like, he was all bought in on CBD. He wanted to try it, but he, it was just a social proof thing. He, he had never seen anybody that looked like him or had his values use that product. And so that was a light bulb moment for us. And we had light bulb moments on, on other things like, Hey, I, I really want to, I'd love to use CBD for topical, but like, it just gets all over my hands and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I don't want to use that. We're like, Oh, well, check this out. We pull the top off and it's just an easy applicator. You don't even have to put it on your hands at all. Like, literally nothing gets on your hands. This is perfect. Like, Oh man, that's amazing. And that was a light bulb moment for us. I'm like, Hey, like there's a customer cohort out there that looks at this particular product. And for them, one of the big pain points for them is just uh, that we can solve for is like a very easy, no mess applicator. End of story. So the point is, is that like asking these uh, questions of your customers at an event like this is incredible. And then onboarding them at the event and then uh, uh, purchase number two, three, four will come through the website. So again, it's like chicken or an egg kind of thing. You kind of got to do it all, but being, uh, being deliberate with it is sort of, you know, it's a smart move. But going back to what you said, it's not that if you build it, they will come. No, if you build it, then you send traffic to it, they will come. And so the in-person events is an opportunity to send traffic to it. One thing I've noticed on social is you guys have been sharing a lot of blog posts. Has that been helping? Um, what is your thought process around, you know, that kind of content creation? Yeah, so the blog posting, we're, we're leaning into SEO. Uh, at the moment. And so what we're finding is that there's there's kind of two different kinds of content for us. There's like SEO centric content, and then there's more just straightaway value add content that might not have anything to do with CBD. It's just messaging and tools and tips and tricks, et cetera, that, um, that we think our customer cohort will find interesting. So SEO specific content, we found, um, you know, underperforms, say, via email, on social media, et cetera. Um, but it really does its job. Like A lot of people are finding uh, our website, verblabs.com, from uh, long tail searches on Google. So they'll be like, hey, man, like, uh, somebody will just Google, like, what kind of, what does lavender do for sleep? Something like that. And they will, you know, we'll get a, a high score from Google and somebody will find our website based on that search. Uh, so that works really well in, in sort of that, that frame. What we also find is that, you know, hey, I might write a newsletter on Friday. We, we write a, a, a newsletter called The Drop, comes out every Friday. And it's, it has nothing to do with selling you anything. It's just straight up like, hey, here's some stuff that we think is incredible. It's, we, we do it in terms of go watch, go try, go listen. Um, and at, at the end of the day, we say, hey, this is an incredible book that we read about, um, you know, Admiral Nimitz. This is a podcast we listened to where Iron Mike interviewed some incredible person. And, uh, and we think that, that you should listen to this. Again, we're not selling anything. We're not making a push. We're just adding value. And it turns out that that actually drives a ton of sales as well. Uh, because at the end of the day, if you can just stay top of mind and feel like you're not being sold to, like, you know what? 
I think these guys at Verb, they're kind of like me and they, they have my best interests at heart. You know what? Yeah. Like I read their, their newsletter day. It was awesome. I'm going to buy this, uh, or I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this podcast that Chase recommended. That's amazing. Oh, by the way, you know what? My, my, uh, my rest product is almost done. I think I'll go back and, uh, and reorder that. So, you know, content is, everybody's got to kind of figure it out for themselves. What's right for me isn't going to be right for you, but, um, you know, that's, that, that's the, the journey that I've been taking. Now, one of the things I know too, is when you guys started, you were convinced on bootstrapping, you got bootstrapped stuff, et cetera. Obviously at a certain point, right? Inventory salaries, it's just hard, right? Like you're fighting tooth and nail. Have you guys made the pivot to where you're actually raising capital now to scale up uh, Verb Labs? We have, we have. So we we bootstrapped for the first, call it 10 months or so. Um, and again, it's like, it was de-risking the whole process for us. It was like, let's let's not, um, let's just do this as, as lean as we can. And again, take all of our initial hypotheses and prove them out. Prove that like, that this business works that this is a customer segment that that wants this product that that has this pain point, et cetera. And once we got to that point, then it's like, okay, actually, you know, we're, we're pretty far down the path here. And now to your point, there's inventory, there's um, getting out in front of the customer. There's like keeping a roof over my head so I can keep working on this full time, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, yeah, we ended up uh, initially raising um, some money through friends, family, and a, a handful of um, angel types, um, and now we're sort of on the warpath again to uh, to uh, to kind of ramp that up a little bit at the moment. Again, based on uh, where we are in the market and, and sort of like how we've been able to prove out, um, you know, our, our hypotheses up to this point. So, what's the plan for the next six months? What's that big uh, obstacle we're trying to push past, and how can our listeners oh, have support? I appreciate you asking. Um, you know, I, CPG and, and really for for any um, any business like ours, um, we we do, we need more eyeballs. We need more folks to kind of know who we are, what we're doing. Um, we need folks to know that essentially, hey, if you are like us and you have these problem sets, which which turns out heaps and heaps of people do, um, you know that we've built the solution to that problem. We've built the, the solution to uh, getting to bed at night, staying asleep and waking up feeling great. We've built the solution for, uh, for daytime focus and anxiety. We've built the solution for, for pain and inflammation, um, naturally, effectively in a targeted way. Like that's, those are the problems that we're solving and our, uh, we've, we've proven essentially that our, uh, target cus uh, customer segment has that problem in spades. So it's essentially a, a problem now of, of, um, uh, driving top of funnel traffic and getting more folks to just be aware that that a solution exists and that solution is at verblabs.com. So, um, you know, in terms of how y'all can help, I, I appreciate you asking, um, you know, again, verblabs.com, one-stop shop. Um, and, you know, if nothing else, sign up for our, uh, our, our newsletter. It comes out every Friday uh, at the website. And uh, again, it's called The Drop and it's... Um, it's not salesy. It's not, we're not going to ask you to like buy anything, but uh, we will give you uh, some, some, um, some information, some data, some, some Intel that is going to help you get uh, down the road, regardless of whether you end up being a customer or not. So um, yeah, it's a pretty good start. Well, Chase, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I don't know what's been happening. I just been so gravitated to CBG 
And I think one of the reasons why, right, there's like a couple schools of thoughts around entrepreneurship. There are those of us, guys like me and you, start businesses literally from scratch, you know, not government contracts, nothing wrong with our government contract people. We love y'all. We need y'all and stuff, et cetera. Right. But those of us that are really innovating, really trying to, you know, bring something for life from literally zero uh, to one. And a lot of veterans are gravitated towards CPG, you know, because I think there's just something about creating like a product based business. You know, this idea of like, well, hell, I already drink a lot of coffee. Well, of course, I'm going to make my own coffee brand or I'm going to create this product to help people sleep and stuff. And what I found is that, again, in our community, we're really good in our incubators and our accelerators and all this stuff about, oh, how to put your pitch deck together, how to go raise funds and stuff. But what does it look like to literally go from zero to one, right? Like get those first 10, get that 100, get that first thousand and scaling up. We're not the best at that go to market. So that's why I create this platform. And I actually got Dr. James Richardson, who uh, I forgot the name of his book, but he's coming on here. He's like a CPG expert, you know, um, and that's going to be great. And hopefully that provides some some knowledge your way. If there's ever any topics or whatever you want us to cover on the show, man, let me know. I get the guest on. That's what it's about. I'm really trying to create the premier resource on a brand strategy for uh, veteran owned businesses. So it's been an honor to have you on. Where can people follow you? You know, how can they support? Uh, yeah, man. And again, I'll just I'll, I'll uh, just reiterate what I said before to you. Um, what you're doing is incredible. It's a it's a great resource. I listen to every single one of these, and I learn something every time. So I appreciate uh, appreciate you being out there, kind of waving the flag for us. And um, yeah, again, we're at uh, verblabs.com, VictorRomeoBravoLabs.com. Um, we're at verb underscore labs on the uh, on the Instagrams. And um, and yeah, man. I mean, honestly. From a product perspective, we'd love to, you know, obviously if, if you're, you're suffering from these issues, we'd love to have you. Uh, but if you've got questions, if there's anything I can do to be helpful, it's a, you know, being an entrepreneur is just a, it's a knife fight, man. It is a, you are in a glass cage of emotion getting after it and it's a lonely space. Um, and that's why I, I, I really enjoy, you know, listening to your podcast and being connected with you and, and our mutual friends and all that. And so if there's anything I can do to be helpful, um, you know, drop a line through, uh, through DM or, or messenger pigeon or whatever you can do. And, um, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to help or at least connect you with folks that, that I think can. So, um, you know, if I can leave one, one message to the group, it would just be, man, keep the faith, um, and, you know, trust your gut and, and be smart about it. But at the end of the day, like you're not alone, we're all in this together. And, um, there's a whole constellation of people out there, including me that want to be helpful. Love it, man. And all our li- for all our listeners, head over to Verb Labs, place your order. I'm going to give me some of that sleep. I'll probably get one of those package boxes. I'm going to sign up for that newsletter. And also make sure y'all sign up for the official Dog Whistle Branding newsletter at the links in- link in the show notes. Feel free to message me at Mike at weareironbound.com, drop me an email, or just message me directly on LinkedIn. Until next time, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. Dog Whistle Branding is brought to you by the team at Ironbound Media where we provide no fluff and high impact brand strategy for veteran owned businesses. We believe that audio is the future of publishing and we're committed to leading the movement for the veteran entrepreneurial community. You can learn more by visiting our website, ironboundmedia.com. This series is powered by the lion's pride, a professional training and coaching company for badass founders. We serve mission driven, high performing small business owners with at the ready resources, battle tested tools and full service support. We're proud to support veteran 
and other badass-owned businesses at every stage of growth. You can learn more and get more at thelionspride.com. <laughs>